everybody welcome back to the home class movie chat we're your host cat and paul a married couple who just loves to talk about movies because we just don't get out much we don't get out very much at all <laughs> and it's terrifying out there but then again when you have a home cinema like we do we don't want to go anywhere why would you want to go anywhere yeah, yeah we don't I mean, want to pay on. for huge amounts of movies with either got them on netflix got them on our hard drives got them in our own personal collection or i can just buy it straight from the store on the xbox so yeah really who wants to go and you know spend that you know, amount when of money you've got front row seats at the best theater in town where the dog can come and yep. nobody best has food. to drive home so everybody can drink everyone and can have awesome a beverage food. yeah exactly so yeah. you know and who i mean where else can you go to see this movie and this movie is the second of the parts that we've got plus we get to see stuff on the big screen that just isn't available on the big screen exactly that i've never ever seen on the big screen yep. so, so so tonight we're doing we are doing part two of our olivia newton john tribute and this is part two of it which is the 1980s movie xanadu 1980 it was released in yes 1980 1980 yes. uh xanadu which i have to say has actually been a love of mine ever since the first time I saw it in the theater when I was a kid. I have loved this movie. And so they actually created the Razzie Awards and it's still on the list of the top 10 best bad movies. But I, I, look, I understand. I that don't get not it. Everyone, yeah, neither do I. It's not everyone's personal you know, cup of tea. Not everybody likes musicals. Everybody likes blood, guts, gore and horror, which I do. You know, that's fine. But, I but I've never understood why people didn't love this movie. No, it's 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 really it's a great movie. It's got a great storyline. Fantastic music from the Electric Light Orchestra. Yep. Um, along, Most of which was not written for this film. Which is really amazing that they didn't actually yeah. do that. They wrote but, it for something else and then just used it in the film. You know, we've got Olivia Newton-John, we've got Michael Beck, and we've also got the one and only Gene, Gene Kelly. Kelly. And that is that, and this was one of his favorite movies that he's ever done. So. Yeah, this was this was actually his final movie. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can I remember. This was the this final film of Gene Kelly. And I actually saw this at the drive-in. And from the day that I saw it at the drive-in to even today, I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. I really do. Now, bef before we get into it, I actually would like to share a little bit of trivia regarding Olivia Newton-John and this film. Okay, go ahead. So the first and foremost is we're doing this because Olivia passed away on August 8th. 8th. 2022. And the world is devastated. And they say that's double infinity. But you want to get really kind of creepy about it? Yeah. She The 8th of August was mm -hmm. the 42nd anniversary of the film's original U.S. release. Whoa. Yeah, that's what I said. That is very creepy. That is what I said. I'm also now, sitting here relaxing in a purple onesie. You really don't need to tell people that. They really don't need to. Please stop telling people that. They love it. It's embarrassing. People love to come to this uh, this um, podcast and find out what I'm wearing. And today I'm wearing my purple onesie. <laughs> no, they don't. They're, they're here for the movie, not the podcast. Not, not the <laughs> okay. Go, getting back to Olivia Newton-John, thank yes, you very much. I'm sorry. Um, this film, Xanadu, was meant to launch her career as a solo star, but due to its complete failure at the box at the American box office, it became the one and only time she received top billing without a co-star in the theatrical release. Oh yeah, she, she there was no. I mean, there was a co-star, Michael Beck, but he was he was originally known for the Warriors. Yeah, that he did. And, um, but yeah, yeah he, there was no direct real co-star, was there? Now, interestingly. Olivia Newton-John turned down roles in both Can't Stop the Music and the Blues Brothers to star in this movie. Um, can't Stop the Music, I can certainly say, because Valerie Perez was a lot better in that movie. Um, and I think she actually carried that movie quite well, even though it's a really bad movie. But it's still got some great music in it. But um, I don't know about the Blues Brothers, because Carrie Fisher was in that one. So I don't know yeah. whether she'd be able to pull that, that i don't think she off. would have i think no. carrie fisher was far because yeah. because olivia is very much the ingenue 
Yeah. Whereas I, the, the character in the Blues Brothers was not. No, no. Carrie was, yeah. Now, talking about the fact that it was a bit of a flop. Yeah. It was playing as a 99-cent double feature with Can't Stop the Music, and it inspired John Wilson to create the Golden Raspberry Awards, a.k.a. the Razzies, honoring the worst achievements in film. And the director of Xanadu, Robert Greenwald, later won the first Worst Director Razzie Award. Yeah, see, look, I mean, okay, there there is some cheese in this movie. I'll guarantee oh, yeah. you there is massive amounts of cheese in this movie. But I can't understand why people would sit there and really bag it. It's it just Well, it's see, just okay, so, but, but, you know, it, 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 it definitely was probably not the best film of the year. I mean, I've just loved it because, I mean, admittedly, I love Greek mythology, and I just, I love the whole concept of the film. Um, but... They it it actually so it flopped at the box office and later has as for people like us has become a cult favorite. Yeah, they actually made a musical out of it that did extremely well because it was basically done as a farce on the film. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, the as I said, you know that you know, I understand people like action and adventure and yeah. blood guts and gore, but this is just that amount of you know the amount of time the movie is. It's just fun and enjoyment and just music. Yeah, it's just sweet. It's great. And uh, but but interestingly, and maybe yeah. this is part of why people think it was so bad, okay. is according to Olivia Newton John, the script was actually written while they were filming it. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's very much like a friggin' Stanley Kubrick bloody idea. Because even Jack Nicholson said, you know, um, you never know what you're actually gonna get when you arrive at set. You might have like the uh the the piece of paper the, you know the paper that it's yellow it was written on you look over to him and he's writing on something which is a completely different color and yeah. it's like oh god i don't have the the newest you have to take script yeah yeah so but throw yeah, that so one away so apparently they were churning it out while they were writing it so well um, i wouldn't have thought that because it flows so well yeah but let's go ahead and get into it when you when we talk about michael beck as sunny yes um i've got some interesting trivia on who else was considered and suggested for the role of Sonny. And he's also AKA known as Swan in the Warriors. Yep. Yep. Did you know that he also does not sing in this movie? Michael Beck does not sing. Yeah, I know. Um, he and so uh, Olivia the... Newton-John skate dance to a recording of a song by her and Cliff Richard. Oh, yes, they did, but he didn't sing. Well, that's okay. We didn't yeah. really need to have Michael Bick singing anyway. So, Yeah, Olivia did enough for everybody else. Yeah. So we're going to play the trailer of this movie, and I absolutely love this trailer, of the 1980, 1980 movie Xanadu. Xanadu. Open your eyes and hear the magic. Universal Pictures announces the most dazzling romantic musical fantasy in years. Xanadu. Starring Olivia Newton-John. Michael Beck. And Gene Kelly. entertainment that will transport you beyond your dreams. Xanadu, where time stops and the magic never ends. Xanadu.
I heart this movie so much. And I love that I love that um, trailer because it really shows you what you're in for, which is lots of roller skating, but <laughs> and which I loved, loved, loved. I used to be able to roller skate like a demon. Um, but it just the the music, the spectacle um, is just yeah. I love the I love the uh, the the trailer. That well, movie, it, well, it's funny movie. because there was another movie that the name's escaping me at the moment that was coming out around the same time that was all about the roller skating phenomena. And at the time, roller that it boogie, was, roller boogie. Thank you. And at the time that it was filmed, roller skating and disco music was like massively huge. But by the time the film came out roller skating was starting to become a bit passe and uh disco music was it was on its way out and the thought of doing the two together was becoming just very, very passe and do you know who the um actress was in roller boogie no linda blair no okay yeah yeah she'd finished uh she basically after the exorcist she fell into like a hole of work yeah. And then she started to take some B-grade movies. She did a movie called Savage Streets, which was basically a gang-related movie on the fact that, um, you know, her sister, who was deaf, was gang-raped. So she basically took it upon herself to hunt down the perpetrators. Okay, okay, that's that's nice. I know, I understand that. <laughs> but then, the, the, but then they also then she also did um, Roller Boogie. I think it was oh. Roller Boogie before, um, but it was a really, yeah, it was not a yeah. good movie. Yeah. I actually saw that one because of Linda Blair. Okay. Do we want to jump into the movie or do you want to talk a little bit about who was Almost Sunny? I reckon I'd love to find out who the hell Almost Sunny was. Okay. So th so uh, this is fun. There's, there's, It's going to take a minute because there's okay. actually a list. I'll have okay? a drink of beverage while you're doing it. Okay. So Andy Gibb of the okay. Bee Gees was originally cast to play Sunny. John Travolta. Okay. John Travolta no. turned down the role as he yeah. was working on Urban Cowboy at the time. But also another John Travolta or Louis Newton John movie back to back wouldn't have worked. Actually, they would have it would have helped the box office if that had happened. Really? Oh yeah. The after coming off of Greece, hell yeah. But he chose Urban Cowboy, which but was he a chose flop. but he was already committed to Urban Cowboy, so that didn't happen. Which was so a bad then movie. Olivia suggested Mel Gibson for the role of Sonny. Oh, really? Uh, no. And producer Joel Silver did eventually work with him on Lethal Weapon and its three sequels, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Don't know whether I'd like him as Sonny. Now, Peter Frampton, if you remember him. Yeah, I remember the him. 80s, yep. Was one of Olivia's top choices for the role of Sonny, but Universal wouldn't allow him to be cast due to the critical and commercial failure of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band back in 1978. <laughs> now, this one is kind of interesting. Think about it. Okay. You remember those Dr. Pepper commercials? I'm a pepper. You're, you're a, pepper. a pepper. She's He's a, pepper. a pepper. We're a pepper too. Why don't you be a pepper, pepper too? too. Yep. David Naughton, who was also who's oh, also American known Werewolf for in American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Okay. So he was considered. For he the part might have Sunny. actually. He might have actually. He been might good. have pulled it off. Yeah. I, have to admit, I like. I love Michael Beck. I think he was perfect. But David Naughton was considered after director Robert Greenwald and producer Joel Silver saw him in the Dr. Pepper commercials. I think he would have done quite well. I think he would have been able to pull it off. Very possibly. Now, um, Griffin Dunn and Michael Bean also auditioned for the role. But my the but the one that I honestly think the best one that didn't get the role that could have pulled it off had it not been Michael Beck. Mm-hmm. Steve Gutenberg. No. Yes. No. Yes. The only reason that I say no is because he was so heavily tied in with the village people. Would you really want to see back to back 99 cent movies with him in two movies? I think, I think out of all of them that you've mentioned, David Norton is standing out for me as the one that is, I would have. See, I said. think Steve Gutenberg could totally have pulled it off because I have honestly I mean the, loved him and everything I've ever seen. I mean, seen look, him in. the Goots back in 1980. When he did Police Academy one, two, and seven thousand four hundred, um, <laughs> along with Cocoon thrown yeah. in there as well, um, no, no. But no. I, I just just because he has that sweet innocence. I mean, he definitely had the innocence back you in know, the eighties for sure. I just um, I I love Steve Goots, but I think he might have actually overshadowed. Changed my mind, but I think I, I think uh, but I think the Goots would have actually overshadowed everyone else. The Goots, yeah, the Goots. 
Steve Gutenberg, the Goots. I adore him. Yeah, I understand so that, much. but I think he might have overshadowed everyone on the, um, the film. I don't think so. His personality is very, very big. Not always. Back back in the eighties, he was he but, was a but, standalone. But, but think about um, uh, three men and a baby. Ted Danson and Tom Selleck were the were the mega personalities on that, and Steve Gutenberg's character kind of got lost by the wayside. They did, and I think so, they they did that. I mean, you know, um, Tom Selleck was the one that really stood out in Three Men and a Baby. Well, yeah, but Ted, Dan but he and Ted Danson, Danson were like yeah. the, the, the hyper personalities. Yeah. So Steve Gutenberg can pull it in and, and be an absolute team player when needed. Maybe if the if the producer had a said, rein it in. Yeah. Don't let let him go off the. Oh come on! It's not like he's what's his name, um, Jim Carrey. Yeah, no, I know. He's not. He's not as bad as Jim Carrey, for God's but I, sake. But no, but I think other than Michael Beck, which I, I've always loved, you know, as an actor, I think um, the only one outside of Michael Beck would have been for me David Norton. Yeah. I think he would have been able to pull it off quite well because he is. He's genuinely. He's not over the top. He's not one of those personalities that that fire on a hundred cylinders all at once. So I think it would actually have worked. Okay, now you'll be happy to know I've only got like six or about 10 trivia pieces left for the rest of the movie. Okay, All right. But so let's dive into it. So the movie opens up where we're seeing some awesome painting. I don't know who is doing these paintings and these drawings, but obviously it's not Michael Beck, whoever it is. Yeah, whoever the a, artist they, oh, is they hired fabulous. to do the close up on the hands. It yeah, genius. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and he is a very frustrated artist and he basically. He he wants to leave his job. He does, he, but he he's, he's he quite, wants he's, to do fine well, he, arts, but yeah. he's not selling his work, so he has to go back to doing commercial rep, rep yeah. reproductions. Because he went, he decided to go freelance. Um, but anyway, he was doing some paint or doing some drawings, rips it up, and says, "You know, guys like me shouldn't have dreams anyway." And throws the little bits of paper out the window. We see them fluttering and fluttering. We actually follow them for quite a distance until they fall in front of a huge mural of the nine sisters, which happened to be the nine sisters. The, of Olymp the muses. The muses of Olympia. Mm -hmm. And of course the, they glow and they start coming to life. And this is the. I'm alive. Yes, I'm alive. And of course, as they're, you know, and they're accompanying whooshing sounds and neon lights and all that sort of stuff. And as we're going through, we see Olivia Newton-John come into frame because she's the last of the nine sisters to it's come like alive. It's like she's the baby of the family. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, she's basically supposed to be Terpsichore, the muse of art and music and dance. Um, but we, an we, we never actually learn her, her real name. No. But she says that, you know, because when she introduces her, she says, I'm Kira. But I'm the daughter of Zeus, but she doesn't say. Well, she started her to name. say, and he and he cut her off. Yeah. So we never learned her real name. So of course, all the um, muses go streaking off into the sky, except we see the the yellow one or come the gold down. the gold one come back down, and we see that she is now roller skating um, along the foreshore in California, and we're watching Sunny just basically walking along the foreshore, really looking rather lost and lonely, not really knowing what he's doing. And of course, suddenly before she feel before he understands this, she comes up skating behind him, grabs a hold of him, kisses him, and then skates away. And disappears. And disappears. We then see a transition scene where Sonny is going back to his old job at as a um, duplicator. And what he does is his boss gives him album album covers to duplicate into big marquees so they can be hung out the front of record stores. And of course, when he comes back, a lot of the people are there. He's, he's got some friends there and they're saying, you know, wow, what are you, what are you coming back for? And he goes, well, you know, just when I decided that I wanted to go freelance, I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I discovered I'd like to eat. And I'd like to eat, you know. And of course, then they said, well, we were really, really pulling for you. And he goes, come on, if I didn't, if, if I didn't want to come back, and if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. And of course, this is when his um, boss comes out and says, you know, you know, well, I thought we discussed your attitude on the phone of why I decided to take you back. And he goes, oh, yeah, why did you take me back? And he says, because you're the fastest painter around. And, of course, then he throws him an album to start duplicating as his very first, as he says, masterpiece. However, we find that on the cover of this album is the girl who just kissed him in the park. We do. So he don't. so he leaves and goes to the photographer to find out who she is. And the guy's like, okay, you can't tell anyone this, but 
I don't know. I was taking pictures. I took like a million pictures. And on one of them, this girl just jumps into frame and it was the best one of the lot. So I used it. Yeah. And of, and of course, the accountant is like, I didn't pay her. Therefore, she doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. and she's just, got a W-2. Yeah. So <laughs> she yeah. doesn't. Yeah. And then, But the photographer is like, I, she just jumped in, into frame out of nowhere and then vanished. I have no idea, but it was the best picture. So I used it. And it was. It was a great cover. It really was. Yeah, it was a gorgeous cover. But of course, I love it how he gets the gets the album, you know, and then he looks and he goes, oh, I'm going to go and see where I, where, you know, I'm going to go and look for her where I found her last time. And it's like, wow, you know, you've just been, you know, welcome back to work. back and now you're leaving. And now you're leaving. It's like, wow. Lunch. And of course, as, he's, as he's, uh, one of his uh, friends says, you know, you're going to be a success, Malone. Why? Because you're nuts. Because off he goes. <laughs> he's yeah. just going away. You're definitely going to be a successful artist because you're crazy. Um, but of course, when he's going around, he's, he goes up to one of the guy, guys on the boardwalk and says, oh, um, have you seen this girl? And he goes, yep, yeah, no, but I have daughters. Yeah, 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 you're single. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's what that's wonderful. But I'm going to go and look for where I, where I found her. So Sonny goes looking for her um, at the scene of where the kiss happened. Um, and of course, he can't find her at all. You know, um, he's got really no idea where the hell she she could possibly be. I find it. I find this interesting that you know, with all the stuff that's going on the boardwalk and everything, you know, his clothes sort of change. Yeah, he left without a jacket on, but he's now got a jacket. His and shirt it, it was different. changed color. <laughs> so I guess continuity in this movie just doesn't. Well, work there are, there are well. reasons why it is not the perfect movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So of course, as you know, of course, as he's you know walking around the place. He really can't figure out exactly where she could be, but as he's as he's walking along, he hears some uh, music being played from clarinet from uh, from the rocks, and it's a clarinet. And he basically goes over and says to the guy, "You know what are you doing up there?" And, he, and of course, the other guy's like, "Oh, hope you don't mind mind some midday serenade music." And he goes, "Oh, it's not too bad, but you know where do they where they where's lay the out, funeral? Where's the funeral? Where they lay out the stiffs? You know." Anyway, the guy introduces himself as Danny Maguire, and he's a former. Big Bang, Big Band Orchestra yeah, leader. Big Bang. <laughs> big, he's a Big Bang theorist. No, that's the other podcast, honey. That, yes, that's we, the other podcast. Yes, we do the Perpetual Motion. We do PMS, the Perpetual Motion Squad, a Big Bang Theory podcast. If you ever want to listen to Big Bang, just follow us there. A Big Bang Theory fan podcast. Fan podcast. Yes. But um, Denny Maguire is a Big Band Orchestra leader, not a Big Bang theorist. Um and basically, so as he's, um, you know, they're, they're just talking away and we happen to see that, oh, my God, um, he actually happens to spot Kira. And, of course, he, he, he goes running off. Oh, this is hilarious. He I runs find... up to. Okay, so these, yeah, you two girls, tell them, this is amazing. these two girls are sitting on their bicycles next to a motorcycle. They're sit. They're not even connected to the motorcycle. He walks up and says, OK, I have to borrow this. And they're like, OK, just bring it back. Yeah, as long as you bring it back in person. Yeah, and he goes flirting with him because he's the, cute. Of course, he goes, uh, okay. And, and he, he goes tooling off on this thing. Now, I find it interesting. I get, like, he takes off on the little motor scooter. And somebody, yeah. I guess the person just left the keys in it. Yeah, but Danny Maguire, unless he is an Olympic athlete as a sprinter, there is no friggin' way he's going yeah, okay, to get to okay. the point. Okay, so, so he's, well, he wasn't going that fast because he's driving on the sidewalk where there's a whole bunch of people. But he's following Kira, and then he's not paying attention, and he goes, off the end of the pier, crashes <laughs> through the railing, goes off the end of the pier, and Danny's right there going, "Wow, kid, you better watch where you're going." <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, uh, okay, it's like how did, and you were saying, how do you get there so fast? Exactly, there's no way in hell that Danny got there that fast. No. Then we see Kira who's hiding behind some boats because as as he's as um Sunny is right uh, you know, on the motor scooter, he happens to look to the side and sees Kira. Kira waves, distracting him momentarily, Fairly. and, and that's, that's how he, he goes, goes over the, the pier. Over the yeah. pier. And then she just disappears into the sky. So, you know, when we now we're actually at a, uh, I guess, restaurant. A, restaurant, a diner, a diner that gives him a towel that changes his shirt a different color again because the shirt was originally white. Now it's red. So yep. I don't know how it changes these mystical colors, you know. And I find okay, well, we'll go look. We'll go with this because it's, maybe he has a friend that works there and had a spare in his locker. Who knows? Yeah, we don't have. We, okay, with this movie. Please don't look too, too deep closely. into it 
because there is a reason why it was part of the Razzie Awards. It is not a movie that you're going to sit there and go, oh, this all works perfectly. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, so basically, you know, uh, the funny thing is that Danny and Sonny become friends, you know, mm-hmm. and he's looking to find exactly where the hell. Um, you know, oh, that's right. So then they go back to Danny's place. No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, no, because uh, the next scene we see from those two sitting in the cafe is we transition to an awesome looking van and um, Sonny is roller skating and actually sees uh, his friend who actually he did the, the work on the van That's right, for, he did the painting on the van. On the van. And then so he goes, which way are you going to go? And he goes, well, I'm going east. And he goes, well, I'm going west. And he goes, oh, that's okay. I'll give you a lift because I owe you for the van. You know, you did such yeah. a great job on my and, van. And, yeah. And back in the day, people would grab hold of the back end of vehicles and get towed along on their roller skates, which, which is what is, they were talking about. Yeah. So as he's being towed away, he comes up against, he obviously gets towed past the place where Kira had her photograph taken, which is what used to be an old wrestling place. Well, okay. Okay. That's. Yeah. There's one of the fun facts. Okay. That's one of the fun facts. So the, okay. it's it's the Pan Pacific Auditorium on Beverly Boulevard in Hollywood near CBS's Television City. It th- that was what was used for the exterior shots of the Zan- of what eventually becomes the Xanadu Club. Hmm. It was built in 1935 and destroyed by fire in 1989. A community center is actually now on the site, featuring a single version of Pan Pacific's four curved Art Deco spires. At one point, a little later in the film, Danny does joke that they used to have wrestling here. And in real life, the Pan Pacific Auditorium used to feature wrestling matches. Really? Oh, nice. Okay. So as we're seeing that Sonny is being towed behind this van, he asks to get off the from the back of the van, slow down a little bit. And now he's in front of what is going to become Xanadu. And he hears music coming from within Xanadu, and uh, he finds his way in there. He finds an open door, goes in, and finds Kira skating all by herself. And uh, basically, you know, he introduces himself, and she introduces herself as Kira. And well, you know, she doesn't introduce herself. They're roller skating around, and she says to the song of, uh, it's Olivia Newton John's song. I've got. Oh, God, I got the song in my head. <laughs> I got the song sitting right. Okay, the... well, well, while you're th- while you're tapping your brain trying to shake it loose, um, another fun fact is Olympic figure skater, and I think she was an, a gold medalist in the Olympics. Uh, Peggy Fleming helped plan the skating scenes. Really? Yep. I'm actually going on to finding. I know the song. No, no. No, no, no. It was a song that Olivia Newton-John, oh, I think it was Magic. I think it was yeah. Magic that she sings. Yes, it is Magic. Can't but... you believe we are magic? That's the one, yes, but it was actually a slower down version. Um, so basically, she's roller skating to Magic. And then, of course, he you know, introduces introduce himself and she says, well, I'd like to come here to skate and no one bothers me. And then uh, he goes, well, you know, when, will I, when can I see you? And uh, she says, well, we'll see each other again. And she says, bye, Sonny, and just skates away. And he goes, hang on a minute. What's your name? Kira. Yes. So now we transition to um, poor old Sonny having to hang a picture out the front of a record store. Mm -hmm. And he's hanging it, and he's actually on a a step ladder. And Denny Maguire comes out from buying a new record, which isn't—it isn't a new record. It's an old one, but they've actually had to order it in for him. Yeah. And, of course, this is when he says to... um, to uh, Sonny, you know, what are you doing up there? And he goes, nothing, help me down. And he goes, okay, well, I think if we, you know, if we've seen each other this much, let's introduce ourselves. So they formally introduce themselves this time as Denny Maguire and Sonny Malone. And of course, um, he says to him, you know, what'd you get there? And he goes, oh, I'm just waiting for uh, Tommy Dorsey. I think it was, um, that was yeah. a, an album that was coming in. And he goes, oh, you, what you, oh, no, no, Glenn Miller. Thank you, Glenn, Glenn Miller. Miller. Yeah, when the big and he band. says, oh, you like Glenn Miller? And he goes, yeah, I like rock and roll. And he goes, do you like rock and roll? Yeah, I do. And of course, so then we go, oh, okay, we're going to transition this one. Now, there is so many, tra- I mean, when I'm saying transition, this is how quickly the scenes split away yeah. from each other. So it's almost like, okay, we're done with that scene, gone. Let's do the next and one. then you go, whoosh, and we yeah. go to the next scene. The next scene we see as Denny Maguire introdu- inviting Sonny into his home Which and is this amazing room, it's, this it's a room bit, is amazing it's a bit um ostentatious for my taste it, it but, is but it's over incredible. the top yeah. it has got a lot of ornate very very much um 
uh, turn of the century sort of like art pieces, a lot of, you know, it's a huge room that is sparsely decorated. And, yeah. and as he says, as, as Danny says, you know, the reason that I come in here is because it makes my record sound great. Well, that room really, has got to have like at least 15 foot ceilings. The echo would be amazing in yeah. that room, yeah. you know? Um, and of course he basically introduces him to, you know, some memorabilia that Denny's got and was saying that, you know, that he's been, you know, he was really wishes he could open up another club. And of course, you know, Sonny goes, well, why don't you just open up a, you know, if you want to open up a club anywhere, you could be fine. And he goes, no, it's like falling it's in love. Right You've got to, yeah, it's gotta be the right place. It's like falling in love. You've got to feel the right area. And he goes, but you know, the thing is that, you know, for two years, real estate agents have been looking and they can't find anything for me. And he goes, well, hang on a minute. You know, you've got a pretty good eye. How about you do it? And now, Pasani is no. I don't. I wouldn't be saying to this guy, look, you've got a great art for you know, great eye for art. You go and find me a place. But well, it, it, none of it, the other people are getting the job done, so why not? Uh, maybe from a different different point of perspective, view perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, you know, so he he does put on his song, his music, and of course, he hears some clarinet going, and he basically says, "That's me. I was the one that was on this." And as Sonny is flipping through the the album. He sees a picture of Kira, but Kira happens to be a muse that Denny had been yeah. involved with in 1940. Now, wasn't wasn't it Matt Latanzi that did the the played the young Matt Latanzi, which is Louis Newton John's uh, future husband? Yes, he actually was the one that played the young Denny Maguire. Yeah, the young Denny. But Maguire the thing is, you scene. couldn't see him because the yeah. when when we're transitioning because when he starts. When De when Sonny says, "Okay, you know, I've got to go see you," and he walks out, you can see the big band, but it's it's in silhouette. It's not actually you can't see them directly. It's almost well, not, like no, you can. It's just um, it's obscured. No, it's not obscured. It's um, what's the what's the word where it, it's a little bit transparent. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, transparent. So you can't really get a whole thing. So, so you when... so you can see it. You can tell that it's her. Yeah. But they're also like, but it's like looking at them across a ballroom. Yeah. So, of course, Denny is also sitting there listening to the next part of the song. And the next song is Whenever You're, you're away, away From Me. From me. But Wherever of course, but as he, as the whole thing starts, the entire room vanishes with all. And all he the... gets up and he goes and he starts to dance with her. But and as far as I'm concerned, Gene Kelly does not dance. He floats. No. Gene Kelly he is, is widely regarded between between Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire are basically the two best hoofers that have ever lived. And the and this guy Gene Kelly just glides. He is and so light on his feet. He and is not, and, and not in the homosexual sense. No. And as much as I love Olivia Newton John, I always will. You can almost see her in her mind counting, counting. her steps. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, he, whereas just, he is just so natural. It's effortless for him. Now, now that being said, I do have a little bit of trivia regarding this scene. Fun fact. Okay. So the the couple of things. So the choreography that Gene and Gene Kelly was the one who choreographed the choreography in the Whenever You're Away From Me scene. Nice. Okay. Okay. But it's nearly identical to the choreography in the title number for me and my gal from 1942, which Kelly starred in with Judy Garland. Really? Okay. Yep. Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton-John's dance number was shot after filming had finished. So after the film, rest of the cast was gone. Yeah. Kelly choreographed it. His conditions included, it was a closed stage with only himself, Olivia, a cameraman, a choreographer he had befriended and two others. Nice. Okay. Do that. So that the, so that all the pressure was off. She wasn't having to do it in front of a ton of people, and it was just the two of them. And she says that that dancing that scene with Gene Kelly was one of the highlights of her thoroughly amazing career. And I can certainly believe. And that. I would say the exact same. Yeah. To, be, to dance with Gene Kelly. Yeah. It oh. would be it would be amazing. And it would, Honestly, it would... it'd be right up there with singing with Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. But it would also be along the same lines as you're a brand new actor. You're acting right alongside of your co-star, Sean Connery. Yeah. Is, is, I mean, he is one of the greats of the greats of the greats uh, that has yeah. ever lived. Yeah. So, so, so to be able like to that... have that gift and it was his final film. To be able to do that, I mean, oh one of the gosh, scene, one amazing. of the parts of the scene that I absolutely love, and I think this is really comes down to the cinematographer, is that 
when they're dancing at the back of them, there is a full length mirror goes from floor to ceiling, but you cannot see the cameraman at all. Because the cameraman should actually be in, in you should actually see yeah. the reflection. Because as they're dancing, they dance towards us, and the cameraman should be obviously in front of them, mm. and the full length mirror is behind them. So you technically you should see the entire. You should see the camera. Yeah, that was really it. good. But it was amazingly shot. Um, but of course, as we find out, you know the 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 song ends. Denny, uh, Denny basically comes back to where he is right now he's still in his ballroom but he's reliving what he actually had with kira and kira was his muse to actually help him through we do now find we do they do transition that we are being taken by sunny in his awesome car that he's got it's like a 1920s or 1930s like oh uh, yeah like a gang the gangster yeah gangster wagon wood paneled it's beautiful car Um, it's a gangster wagon yeah and he takes denny to obviously this um, place that's going to become Xanadu. Yep. And this is when Denny does say this place used to have wrestling here. And he goes, okay, so it's, it's got a history of, you know, um, uh, history of success. That's what it yeah, is. Everybody's got a history. Yeah. So they go into Xanadu and they're basically looking around the place and Denny's starting to get the old, Hmm, I don't know. I don't know whether about this place. But he starts to come around and thinks, okay, well, we could have, you know, the band there. We could have drinks there. We could have a dance floor there. Now, and Now, this, I thought, was one of the most clever, creative, innovative scenes. Yes. Because they both start visioning and hearing and seeing the bandstands. And this and song. Danny's got one over on one side and Sonny's seeing it on the other. Danny's is 1940s big band with everybody in suits and dresses and is all very elegant. This is the song dancing. Yes. And then Sonny's seeing electric orange jumpsuits and, and girls in body stockings and screaming guitars and rock and roll. And then, and then we cut back over to like the Andrews sisters singing. Um, and then, you know, and they're like doing their thing. And then it cuts back to the screaming guitars. And then as it goes through back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, then they start to merge together. Yeah. And they start seeing each other and they start reaching out with each other and they start dancing with each other. And it becomes a duet of these two incredibly different styles of music. And you wouldn't think that it worked, but it really did it, it was does. one of the cleverest things I have ever seen. Except we got a small little bit of an R-rated situation happening in the. Oh well, when he was scene. air guitaring on the girl's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of the kids in my school thought that was the best part of the movie. Which was interesting because um, especially the boys. Yeah, but it was interesting that they actually. I don't know whether this is in your fun facts, but they were almost almost had to. Um, cut that part of the movie out. No, it's not in my fun because facts. of that because of that scene. Yeah, because it was. It was but the thing is, that where he was playing it, he really wasn't stroking her vagina. It was basically on his stomach. But I don't know. But I, no, I, it was right at the juncture because he because she was stomach and... he was holding her upside down, so her legs were up on his shoulder, and he was holding her legs like That's that, right. and he and he was playing right at the juncture of her legs, like at a navel sort of situation. No, gi- right at the juncture of her legs, oh, okay. where her legs came together with her body. Well, I thought it was a great scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was one of the best scenes I've ever seen. But the I fact am- is that they were the fact that, as you said, that they were they were able to morph two different music styles into yeah. one and make it work is just was a brilliant. It was just genius. Yeah, and of course, this now convinces Denny. That um that he is a definitely a great idea. This is going to be brilliant. I am going to do, do this. I'll do it. And, and goes, you're now my partner. And I and now this is what I love about this movie. Okay, Sonny has got nothing to his name. He is penniless. He had to go back to his former job just to eat. But basically, what he's being given is fifty percent of a multi-million dollar idea. If this move, if this takes off, now in the in the year that this was filmed. This could have actually taken off big. Oh yeah. Even if this was only say from eighty to eighty-five or eighty to eighty-nine, it still would have made a lot. It of would money. have made. I mean, he could have walked out there with. He could have. He if they he decided to close the the club and said, "Okay, that's it. We're done. 
we've spent nine years on it, or we're now in the year 1990, we're closing it now. Uh, you can walk away with, you know, a million dollars, million and a half dollars. He has got, no, he, Sonny's put absolutely nothing into this. No financial. Except that he, he found the place. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, you know, if it would be like you saying, here, I found you a car and you show me a Ferrari. You don't own half the Ferrari. Yeah. But if I say to you, here's an idea, but I you will know, buy it and I'll give you half of it to drive on a no, Sunday. No, I, th I think what it is, is that Danny has no family. Yeah. He has no one. And I think so is... for him to take in this kid who is a visionary such as he is and who basically kind of gives him a second lease on life. Because when we met Danny, he was essentially down at the beach biding his time until it was time to die because he just had nothing left in his life. Yeah. And so Sonny became his best friend and surrogate family. So for him, you know, I think it's his way of continuing on his legacy. And I, and I like it. And we'll certainly save what happens. And one of the really great things that Danny says a little bit later on in, in the podcast of, of how he talks to Sonny. And I think that was, that's pretty much on the, on the ball that, you know, Danny is trying to pass something onto someone else. Yeah. You know? Um, so of course, then we suddenly see Kira arrives just out of the blue and uh, he she actually starts reciting. They actually start reciting about in Kublai Kai. Oh, hang on, let me. Grab I wish it. I could find the the actual quotes actually, that she actually says. Hang on, says. I've got it. Um, should have had this. It's um, it's the it's the it's the actual words of Xanadu. Yep, I know. Hang on, yeah. it's, it's Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Yeah. In Xanadu, did Kublai Khan a stately pleasure dome decree? That's, that's right. That's the first two lines of Kublai Khan. Yeah. And she starts saying, and then he joins in and he finishes the, the, the line. Because then he says to Kira, you know. Where Alf, the sacred river, ran through caverns measureless to, to man down to a sunless sea. And that's what he says to her. Yep. And then, of course, he says, you know, have I met you before? And she's like, no, no not at all. And he goes, I'm sure I have. And then it's like, and he's like, no, oh, maybe I haven't. Just, just, you look just so familiar. Then of course, Sonny, Sonny comes back in. And um, originally, you know, he had no, when he said to uh, Sonny, listen, because Sonny says, listen, I, you know, I've got a flashlight in my car. So he goes off to, to get the flashlight. Because he, he wanted said, to get a closer yeah. look at the nooks and crannies. But then he place. says, what, what are we going to call it? And this is where. That's Kira when, comes when up Kira comes in and in says Xanadu, Xanadu. Khan, yeah. And then she says, why don't we call, why don't you call it Xanadu? Xanadu. And he goes, Xanadu. Yeah, I like it. Then so, so, you know, Sonny comes back in and he goes, oh, you know, when did you get here? And she goes, I just, just a minute ago. And he goes, see what I told you, Denny, you know, one minute she's here, the next minute she's gone. And he goes, well, that's okay. Cause you know what you own 50% of? You own 50% of Xanadu. Xanadu. And it's like, yeah, it's like awesome. Of course, now we then we go see transition. We and now we're back at work, and poor, of course the other guys are in there. So there's two girls and there's a guy who's painters, and they're basically talking about the fact that if you own your own home or you want to try and pay off your own home, it's going to take you back in 1980 five years to pay off your home loan. God, wouldn't that be nice? I would love it if I could pay off my home loan in five years. Ain't going to happen, boys and girls, but it was good. And so then Sonny comes in and basically calls his boss to say, you know, I want to see you in five minutes, and <laughs> <laughs> which is really interesting. And basically <laughs> says, you know, because he was, because Sonny was Because you, you had said to me, if you told, if you're late one more time, you're fired. Well, guess what? You're fired. But I like the fact that he also says when he, when he was talking to one of the girls, you know, if, if he says it's Tuesday, then it's Tuesday. You know, don't try to make Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, whatever the boss wants you to do, just do it. If he wants you to paint this, just paint it. Don't worry about trying to do anything, everything else. So now we've got that same situations going on where he, the, the boss is coming down there and he's basically trying to explain to Sonny about what the hell is going on. Why do you suddenly have that look on your face? Like you're basically going to be doing whatever you want to do. And he goes, well, listen, I tried to make Tuesday, Wednesday. But I couldn't do it. I, couldn't I even tried make... to make the the, the, the the grass blue, but yep. nope. And I can't do it. So really, I'm fired. 
and basically yeah runs out saying to everyone that you know I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm really doing and it. And you're all you're all invited to opening night. Yeah, whatever you want, it's on the house. And then he comes back and he goes, always wanted to say that line and disappears <laughs> off. Of course, now we basically transition back to we're transitioning back to Xenadu. <laughs> we have so many transitions back to Xenadu. Um, and we're basically seeing that we're getting close to opening night. Well, wait a minute. We missed the whole thing where he takes her, or they get chased out of the studio. Mm, no. Because because we're not getting ready for opening night yet. You don't want to go to opening night? At some point, when they when they sang suddenly, when they were going through the thing and the... Oh, this is when... Okay, so this is when he was painting her. Yeah. And, of course, she comes into the room and scares the living hell out of him. Yeah, because and... it's like really late at night or yeah. something and he says to her let's you know let's go let's get out of here and they go skating to now basically it is a it's a recording stu- it's an ins- it's an inspiration recording studio yeah. where they have um sets and music and things to help bands get yeah inspired. palm trees and then and they've got smoke machines and you can you can make it look like you're actually on top of a building and so yeah. they sing that song suddenly, um, suddenly the wheels are in motion is that the one they sing? That's the one. I'm trying to actually. Ah, I'm ready. To... Oh, it's not suspended in time. No, that's the um the. Oh, of... that's the that no it's, no that that suspended in time was the one where he goes to find her. Oh, that's where she. Yeah, that's right. But um, the fall what, is the one. But, that, but that, while that... we're talking about suddenly and that scene, yeah. Um, Olivia fractured her coccyx while filming the dance sequence in that. Oh, really? Yep. Just so we know, back to where when she was dancing with Gene Kelly, uh-huh. it was whenever you're away from, from me, me wherever, wherever you go, you're never far, far away from, from me. me. I want you to you know. Go. Yes, we but are not noticed for. We're not our giving singing. up our day jobs. We're not giving up our day jobs. Um, I am not. But I think we've also skipped 100. over the the cartoon. No, because the next one is the next one after that is the fall. Is the that's the song they do because. Um, We've already had the transition because they they go then back. They're actually on a date, and they're at the Maya music was the music bowl. Yeah. The music, the, oh, the, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're having um champagne. Yeah, the uh, amphitheater. The amphitheater. That's right. And they're basically talking about that. So they've already done their roller skating, mm-hmm. and they've <laughs> and they've already almost blown up the recording studio. And his boss comes in and yells at him, like, "Is that you, Sonny?" And he's like, "No." And she's like, "Yes." Yes. <laughs> and he's like, but "Don't now, you know how expensive this stuff is?" But I like the fact that when they go back to his apartment, um, he's basically saying to her, "So, you know, where do you live?" And she says, "In the apartment." <laughs> and she on the second floor with my, with my sisters. sisters. And he goes, "Okay, that's a dead end." And he goes, okay, so, you know. What's you... your last name? The same, same as, as my, my mother's. Father's. And my father's. Yeah. And my <laughs> exactly. So she's not, and he says, okay, so no questions. And she says, no questions, no, no lies. lies. And so he basically is said, well, okay, she's, 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 she's trying to explain to him that she's only just there to inspire him. You know, she is a muse. And he goes, oh, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. She goes, look, no, look up the word muse in the dictionary, page 912, whatever it is. And he reads it through there and it suddenly is transitioned into, and 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 now do you believe me, Sonny? Yeah, it's like, you know, one of the nine sisters who inspires blah, 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 blah. And now do you believe me, Sonny? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, and- hey, how did you do that? And she goes, look, the TV, the TV turns on and it's an it's old, an old not- black and white movie. Yep. And then, of course. Kira, uh, that's right. It's the, they're, they're talking. The, the two guys are talking, and one of the guys has got a gun on the other guy, and he goes, "Okay, so what do you think I should do, Sonny? Should I dive at him, or should I just get take the bullet?" And he goes, "How can you be talking to me? You're a movie." Then suddenly, Kira stands up from you know the, the... who's the dame that they've been fighting yeah. over, pardon. yeah, basically, and uh, so. <laughs> He's trying to, he's basically being shown that she is, she is exactly who she says she is. She's a muse. Hey, if she says she's a muse, muse she's, a, she's muse. a muse. And so, of course, um, he basically, you know, is in absolute shock and sits there and says to Kira, so what do we do now? Like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And she says, you know, it wasn't my fault to fall in love with you. It wasn't, it was never planned. It was never supposed to be. I'm just here to inspire. I'm not here to have human emotions, whatever they are. You know, mm-hmm. um, but then we do transition back to the fact that we are now at a date, 
luckily, at the amphitheater. And this is when the song comes up where we're changed into cartoon characters. Now, you said there's something about the cartoon characters that was of movies we've already seen. Okay, okay. well, this is the thing, is there are parts of it, like her looking out for behind the leaf and stuff, that yeah. are reminiscent of Thumbelina, which was an yep. animated film. But this is actually early Don Bluth work. And Don Bluth was originally a Disney animator, and then he and the leadership at Disney ended up not agreeing and not seeing eye to eye. So he left and created his own production company, which produced amazing works like The Secret of Nim and Fern Gully and several other amazing um, right. animated shorts, yeah. including, if you remember, the 80s video game uh, Dragon Slayer with Dirk the Daring. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. That animation is Don Bluth. Really? Yeah. Yeah, his work is incredibly distinctive. Um, okay. But also, according to the special features on uh, when it was released on DVD not that long ago, yeah. the cartoon sequence was added because the filmmakers needed to include an extra song that was written for the movie, and doing it as a cartoon was easier than trying to make it fit into the movie. Right, and that song is The Fold. Yes, and I've said all along since the first time I saw this movie, I felt like they just needed filler, and this is what they did because I've just, yeah, I've always felt that that was just it just didn't make sense. It wasn't needed. I mean, the thing, the transition yeah. from them having a date suddenly into cartoon characters yeah, no. made no and, sense. And, whatsoever. and it remind and it reminded me very much of the same of a similar sequence in um the the Disney's The Sword in the Stone where Merlin turns him into a bird and a fish and different things never seen that movie oh, you really need to, to no i don't need to get out more yes you do you really do <laughs> so now we've we, as i said we've that that song was now really now we've also killer. skipped over where gene kelly needed um some glant some glitz at the glitz store i didn't think we needed that one that well one i just i just really wanted to cheesy. no it, it's a really cheesy really stupid scene but the only reason it's really noteworthy is this is where we actually get to see matt latanzi strut his stuff and this is where he and olivia met and then they got married like a couple years later had their daughter chloe and then divorced in 1995 yeah, now for anyone that's actually watching Xanadu, do not sneeze during this during <laughs> the scene because if you sneeze twice, you're going to miss him. Matt Lubitzanzi because he is in yellow pants with a green he's, mesh he's one top. Of the, he's one of the mannequins. He's in the, the window second, on the left hand second side. from right. Yeah, on the left hand side. On the left hand side of the mannequins, and then you see him once or twice during the dance sequence, and that's it. But he's wearing bright yellow pants and a green, green top. mesh top. Yeah. So you'll actually see him All right. there. So now are we getting to opening night? Now we are going back to opening night. Oh, uh, no, it's not opening night yet because he has to go no. chase her down before. Yeah, we're well, no, no, we are getting to opening night. Yeah. But, you know, basically we've now got this situation where we go back to the apartment and Kira basically says to Sonny, you know, I'll love you forever. I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to fall in love, but whatever. I can't stay here. But I can't stay here. And she evaporates and disappears. We then follow Denny, who is now on the beach walking around. And we find Sonny is in the, in the exact same spot that Denny on was. On the rocks. And he's just sitting there. And, of course, Denny's like, you know, it's going to be a real shame you're not going to be there tonight on opening night. You know, we're really going to miss you. And he goes, well, it doesn't matter now because Xanadu doesn't matter. She's gone, but Xanadu doesn't matter. And he goes, well, why, won't it, why doesn't it matter? And he said, because there's no, with no Xanadu, there's no Kira. And he goes, okay, so wherever she is, you go there. And he goes, you don't understand, you know, don't, do you, Denny? Dreams die. And this is, I love this, this, what he says to him. He says, no, 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 no. Dreams do not die. Not by themselves. We kill them. And I think that's a really great thing yep. to say is the fact that, you know, any dream you have does not, does not die. If we say we can't do it, that's when it is, is dead. That's when we kill it. Yeah. Yep. So as he said, the fact is that Kira got here. So whether wherever she got to here, you go there. And so now there's an interesting thing, a little bit of a backstory with regards to this mural that is painted on the wall. That was one of Sonny's very first paintings that he did after he left the record company. That's what he wanted to start doing, but he didn't know really what to do. But he actually painted those nine sisters on that wall. So that mural is but actually But there's his. nothing that actually tells us that he did that. No, it that. doesn't. 
but if you would have to dig through rabbit holes to find it. But I found the information with regards to that that scene. And the fact is that the reason that it came to life when he threw the paper out is because that was his mural. Yeah, that his, was his his muse. muse was the one that he actually designed. So when he goes, when he's he's skating and he's um, skating to, um, this is actually the second time we hear the fall, because we're 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 roller skating to to the fall going down the boardwalk, and he. Um, uh, Honey, it's not no. a big deal. Just just keep going. Yeah, I think it's the fall or don't walk away. Um, but whichever one it is, he's skating. I think it's don't walk away. Don't walk away. I think it's don't yeah. walk away. Um, so of course he skates. Now this is this is something that you think to yourself, okay, if you're gonna try this, you've got to be pretty sure this is gonna this is gonna work. He roller skates past his mural and he sees it. So he turns back and he looks at it. He roller skates up to it and he basically stands in front of where Kira is standing. And he makes an outline of, a, of, of her body with his hands. And he basically goes, okay, that's the one I'm going to go for. He roller skates back to the street. He turns around to face it. Then he roller skates full blast towards the wall. Now, if you are pretty sure that you are going to go through that wall, keep going. But if you're not going to go through that wall, you are going to have one hell of an ambulance bill mm -hmm. and a concussion to talk about afterwards. Yep. But he absolutely flies like anything towards the wall jumps through it and we are now into where um where kira came from which was um which obviously was was xanadu was that was Xenadu? no it was, no no it's no, just it was olympus olympus yeah he actually roller skated into olympus which and is he, basically a bunch of neon lines yeah well yeah and i think it was really good and of course she says you know how did you get here and he goes well you know you got i'm i'm coming here to take you back and she's like no one can, no one can you can't take me back no one's ever come back from Absolutely anywhere, you know, from here. And of course, he he says to um, Zeus, he calls out Zeus and basically says to to Zeus that you know um, he is in love with Kira and that he wants to have her back, you know, on Earth with him. Yeah. And he goes, no, other people have dreams, Sonny. So it's one dream, one muse. That's all there is to it. You know, you can't you can't leave here. And of course, um, you know, Kira is saying. Of all the times that I've been here, of all the centuries I've ever been here, I've never been, never asked to leave, not once. You know, can I just have one moment, just like one night? That's all I'm asking for. And of course, you know, there's um, Zeus saying, nope, not possible. Then of course, what happens? Zeus's wife comes into the conversation. Hera. Hera. And Hera basically says, well... You Just know, because it hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't. It be. could happen. So we could let her go for a night or forever. I keep getting that mixed up. Yeah. Which I honestly that, that was section silly. of lines I thought was stupid. The whole not not I mean they're gods for crying out loud. They can yeah. they they understand time. It's like just because they are timeless. Yeah. It just, I thought it was rather stupid to go, is it a minute or is it forever? I, I always mix those up. I, just, yeah. I always thought that was unnecessary. That was an annoying part of the movie. I yeah. didn't, didn't like that. And it was, yeah. it was too, it became too cutesy and basically was showing Especially us. Especially because they kept doing it. Yeah. It was almost like they were spoon feeding us as kids. You don't understand it. So I'm going to give you some more. Yeah. It's like, come on. We are adults watching this movie. Yeah. Even as kids, it, you sit an eight-year-old in front of this, this movie and say, watch this scene. They'll be sitting there going. So they don't understand minutes and hours. I understand minutes and yeah. hours. Yeah, that, 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 that's why I hate like the um, uh, what's the one the ones with the cop spoofs with Leslie Nielsen? Oh, the Naked Gun. Yeah, the that's why I hate the Naked Gun movies. Is I feel like they're treating you like that. Oh, it does absolutely. Anyone yeah. that watches the Naked Gun movies has to be aware that they're going to treat you like an idiot. Except for when the chalk outline was floating on the water, that was kind of hilarious. Yeah, that's but it was only between. funny because they didn't bring attention to it. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, so they let Kira come back. No, we actually see that they actually he um, Zeus dispels uh, Sunny back to Earth. And we actually have the song um, by Olivia Newton-John. And I think... Oh, right. That's right. Suspended in time. Suspended in time. Thank you. So she sings that. And then we are now at opening night. Now, I don't know how he managed to do it, but Danny managed to get Sunny to opening night. Mm -hmm. And opening night is we've got roller skates. We've got dancers. We've got trapeze artists. We have got, 
we've got a whole lot of stuff going on. It is absolutely an amazing Ma'am. opening night. It, it is. is. It's and wonderful. I have to admit, I would have been at that party. Oh, I would have been in that party for sure. Yeah. We've got break dancers. Break dancing was just starting to come in in the 80s really big. Yep. So we've got break dancers there. We've got, you know, you name it, we've got it. It's all happening there. Um, and then we actually have Kira. And before we get into that, yes, because the song is all over the world, is the, the song that they're singing as they're going yes. and doing it. Um, during All Over the World, 60s pop legend Brenda Lee appeared for a brief moment. Really? Yeah. At the time, she was filming, uh, she was taping the Barbara Mandrell show, and she popped over and did a, a, a cameo here, and her name is actually in the credits for the dancers. Oh, okay. And then, of course, as we transition out of that song, we transition into the song Xanadu. And, but Xanadu is an extended, extended, Xanadu. extended version of this of the, yeah. the actual Cause, song. Because we've got the rodeo uh, section, we got the rock section. We have, <laughs> we yeah. She tra- she actually does a lot of um, costume changes in this scene, including the worst costume. Of oh time. God! Now I'm telling you, I love the rodeo um, look. She looks awesome. Mm-hmm. The rock chick, she looks uh, hot as. Yeah. Oh, the leopard skin shorts. The leopard, oh, yeah. Leopard, the, oh, she, leopard skin micro mini. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely hot as. I can see why someone would fall in love with her. Oh, God, yeah. The normal outfit that Kira wears, the very cutesy white bobby sock sort of look. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. The ethereal one in gold. The, the second to last one. And it was, oh. was I thought it was silver. No, it was gold. She had that. She had the gold. Um, I just remember the silver thing on her head. No, she had the silver. She had the silver braids on the top, but the the gold um, fanning of her, of her oh, it was jacket. Awful. It was worse because I swear to God, I don't know who it was. They should have they, bitch slapped the costumer yeah. who thought that was a good idea. They slicked her hair down, so it, it was just like no, I mean, it was just one of the worst ones. And thank God, in this scene, you only get to see her for a split moment in that costume. And then she transitions back, back to, Kira. to as Kira, which is the beautiful white white outfit, Bobby socks, the 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 um the the the, the braids in the hair. As, as, as the crescendo builds and the And then of course all the dancers, they all they all you know reappear as the the nine sisters. Kira is in the center of the dancers. They all disappear. Kira disappears and explodes the um, star that's in the center of the dance floor. And then we actually see that um, Sunny is standing there watching the whole thing as she disappears into the never nevers. And uh, he walks back and he sits down with Denny and Denny says, uh, do you want a drink? And he goes, no, no, thanks. And of course, this is when Denny goes, miss, can you get, bring my friend a drink? So this waitress comes over with a drink and he takes it and he goes, thank you. And he looks up at her. And of course it's Kira. Except we it's think not Kira. Kira. It's not Kira. It's a waitress who looks, who looks exactly, like li- exactly like Kira. And he goes, well, well, wait a minute. And she goes, yes. And he goes, oh, well, I'd just like to talk to you. And she goes, oh. And then, of course, then the screen goes a little Fade bit darker. Credits. We got the credits of the, the end and a uh, finishing song. But that is the end of Xanadu. Now, I've got one last cool, very cool piece of trivia for Okay, you. go for it. Okay, so you know that rotating star stage used in the final sequence of Xanadu? I love that one, yeah. It was the same car- it, it, it was a, it's the same stage and was the originally featured as the carousel sequence of Logan's Run. Oh, really? <laughs> With Michael York. Oh, I, I like that. Repurposing something. Yeah. A Hollywood's famous for that. I, I just love that rotating uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, but that it, was from rises. Logan's Run. It's that brilliant. was the carousel in Logan's Run. On a scale of zero to five movie reels, zero being how do I get the last two hours of my life back <laughs> to five, it was perfect, and I'd watch this movie all over again. What would you give this movie? I can't say it's a five because yeah, there were I. some continuity errors and some other issues with it and some stuff that I didn't like. Certainly the cartoon bit could have been Oh, I removed. hated the cartoon bit. Um, but that being said, uh, and, and the soundtrack actually did extremely well, even though the movie itself bombed. Yeah. I love the um, soundtrack. I'd give it like a 4.5 just because I would watch it again because I just love singing along with it. I mean, I, I will give it a four and I would watch it again. I yeah. couldn't give it a five because if it's you take some of the continuity errors out, if you take the cartoon bit out, 
Um, okay, it would have shortened it down quite a lot, yeah. but I still think that it was worth. It's definitely worth a four out of five. Yeah, just no. because I, I like I said, I love the soundtrack, so I would watch it again just to sing yeah. along with it. And it is a living Newton John. So. Yeah, exactly. And of course, exactly. Gene. I mean, I really think if you if you just say, you know. All you need to say is Gene Kelly, Olivia Newton-John. You know, Michael Beck, yeah, he was a third wheel. But yeah, really, in I mean, all even honesty, though he was technically the star of the film, um, you know, his character was. Yeah. Um, Gene, that scene with Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton-John, the whenever you're away from me, it just, that is by far the best part of the film. Yeah, definitely. No, that, no, the second, okay, that's the best part. The second best is the morphing between two the 1940s yes. and the 1980s that into one is, another. That still is a standout, one of the most clever things I've ever seen. Yeah. And well executed. Yeah. Outside of that, there wasn't really a whole lot more, except the fact that, as I said, it is just an hour and 10 minutes of just enjoyment. It's of just it's, sure it's fun. fun. There's no swearing. If you have got children and you want to have them watch a musical, then by yeah. all means, there's no nudity. There's no swearing. Yeah. There's just fun for fun's sake. There, It's, it's music you can sing to. Yeah. You know, the kids can, if you're watching this movie, they can get up and dance to the music. It's so, it's yeah. so much fun. It's, it's a movie that's not going to date itself in 50 years. It's still going yeah. to be relevant because the music's still quite good. Well, you know, like I said, she died on the 42nd anniversary of the American release. Yeah. And it still holds up. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoy this one. I'm, I, it's, it's I mean, even it's very 80s, but it's, still I even like the, the opening where you've got the, um, the picture of the, of like the globe of the earth. And yeah. you see an old time oh, I plane love go that. around it. Yeah. And then you see a, a Concorde go around it. Yep. Then you see a spaceship go around it. Then you see a UFO go around it. Yeah. Then the UFO transitions to a meteor and the meteor spins around it. And then suddenly, boom, we've got Xanadu up on yeah. the on the screen. Yeah. I really thought that, that is was a fun. great opening to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was And it really that. transitions beautifully into the movie. And I, as yeah. I thoroughly like this movie, the music is great. The the dances are wonderful. The acting, okay. The acting's okay. got the acting's the okay. Acting the weakest part. <laughs> yeah, the acting's okay. The music is great. The set design and the costuming is wonderful. Other yeah. than the ethereal one that you put Olivia in, Ugh. the ethereal one. I want to kick your ass. Whoever did that to Olivia, yeah. that was terrible. Yeah. Outside of that, it's a fun, enjoyable movie. Yeah. So I would definitely say one hundred percent. I would give it, you know, a recommendation to watch this for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, uh, where can people find us? Uh, you can basically find us at Home Class Movie Chat. And basically, Home Class Movie Chat um, is, yeah, the only place you can is find us. Is that our Instagram handle? Yep, and Home Facebook? Class Movie Chat. Nope, just Instagram. Oh, I thought we had a Facebook page. Nope. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. There is the homeclassmoviechat.com, but it's a little bit out of date. I've been a little relaxed in uh, getting that sorted out. You can um, send us a direct message at hello, hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. Dot com. Yeah. Yeah. So feel free to email us if you have any suggestions of movies you'd like us to do. We would love to hear from you. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, uh, please give us a five-star rating on what, on wherever you listen to it. And please tell your friends because we'd love to have them come and enjoy, come and join the discussion. Yes. Tell your friends, family, co-workers, people you don't like, ring up someone in prison oh, and tell them, you. here, listen to this podcast. It's really, really awesome. You know, tell whoever you want. You know, if you've got a really great canine stop, that is sitting stop. there enjoying themselves, tell the dog. You have oh, to listen oh, to this while okay. with, I'm, I'm going to mute you. You can't mute me. Yes, I can. Don't mute me. I am. I am person. Don't mute me. Uh, <laughs> I just muted him because <laughs> we're recording this on Zoom and I'm the host. So I just muted him. Okay. If you promise to be good, you can unmute yourself. Nope, he doesn't promise to be good. Okay, in that case, I'm going to wrap it up by thanking you for joining us today. And in, until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Mm -hmm.